0: This episode of Adventures in Being Gifted.
1: Adopting the mindset that that growth mindset, and also the mindset that you can lead from any seat, you can lead from anywhere. Um, you do not need to have a title superintendent. You you can lead as a third grade student in our school district. You can lead as a teacher in our school. You can lead as a parent. So, just that whole mindset of, of thinking of others and, and what can I do to use the talents and gifts that I've been given to serve others and to improve our community
0: that and a whole lot more coming up
2: And welcome to episode two of Adventures and Being Gifted, a podcast where you can find great information for parents, educators, and students about living the gifted adventure. We are providing stories, practical tips, and a deep dive into relevant gifted topics. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about goal setting and leadership. And Jill, I have noticed that you have
0: been setting a lot of goals recently. Tell us about it. I have. I'm super passionate about it because during January of 2020, a teacher, colleague, friend of ours asked if I wanted to join a gym and start weightlifting. And I said, sure, I'll try it. So I became a weightlifter through the pandemic and stuck with it, made it a daily habit, made it a weekly habit, and it turned into monthly and yearly. And I'm going on gosh, 20 months, something like that, 18 months, and it has been transforming, literally, mentally and physically.
2: So during the pandemic, I chose to (laughs) not do any weightlifting and realized that I needed to set some goals once the pandemic was over (laughs) and really started setting goals as you were kind of a mentor to me through all of this. I knew I needed to get my health back together and started setting some personal goals for myself and, you know, doing
0: that. You have made a significant difference. Isn't it's paid it off. Awesome? Setting goals is so
2: important. And I've felt writing it down. Um, We use an app, which is great. And just having that
0: accountability. accountability. Yes, Absolutely. that's the word I was looking
2: for. Accountability is yes. huge in making goals happen.
0: That's right. And your kind of commitment to your physical fitness and well-being and um, nutrition and exercise really started around New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's. Yeah, New and Year's resolution. They actually absolutely. worked this time. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, tell us a little bit about how you decided to make it a personal commitment and choice on your end. So I kind of
2: Facebook ad came up with this journal that was really cool where you set a goal for 30 days and then the next month you set a different goal for 30 days. So like most New Year's resolutions, when you try to do it all, I want to lose weight and I want to drink more water and I want to exercise and all the things. I decided to kind of take it slow and set some goals and see if I could accomplish it in 30 days and then I'd set another one. So I kind of layered them so it actually worked it was very successful doing that instead of trying them all at once baby
0: steps because you only had one thing to focus on and was that the water the water i started with water
2: drinking half my body weight in water and now it's
0: i do it without even thinking i know you've had your nalgene bottle up every day and carry it with you and voila yeah and
2: like i said earlier you were a mentor for me but also in our gifted class we were having the students set goals. So we did back to school goals for our students and seeing them accomplish their goals come January and how much they've come since the beginning of the year. It was also an inspiration.
0: It was very fun this year because we've been teaching goal setting every single year. We've been gifted intervention specialists, but I think this year really stood out because we were doing it in our own lives personally and we felt that success we saw the success we were having fun with it and it just naturally poured out into our lessons and yeah. i think it was really fun when we did the journal challenges with our students i thought it was really exciting when we decided to have them write to their parents make videos to their parents and then the
2: parents wrote back yes to help them stay on track And become a part of what they were doing in school. And it went into the home. It went into school. And then our online learners, because we had both this year, um, it was was a fun way for them to be involved
0: as well. Yeah. And I think they started to realize the formula that we adults have learned over all these years, that once you do it every day, you're more aware of it. Then that builds momentum. You get excited about it. And all of a sudden, you have some success. And it's a life changer. It really is. It is. And- I think that writing it
2: down piece is huge, too, because it really holds them accountable as, you know, third graders, it adds that extra layer of accountability for them.
0: Yes. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions, but in the fall for going back to school. So I would love to introduce our guest speaker. We have today... Jonathan Cooper. All right. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Today, our special guest is Jonathan Cooper, the superintendent and CEO of an award winning suburban public school district in Southwest Ohio. Jonathan is a husband to Michelle, father of four, and an avid runner. Jonathan is here today to talk about going back to school and how goal setting is a game changer. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, thanks for
1: having me. I'm so glad to be here. We are so excited
2: to have you on our episode to talk about going back to school and the importance of starting the year off with being intentional and setting goals. But first, tell us a little bit about your runner's reflection videos that you have on Twitter.
1: Oh, thanks for asking. Well, I think I love the topic here, returning to school and being intentional. What an exciting uh, topic to discuss. Um. Runner's reflection. So here's the snapshot. So runner's reflection became a, uh, that was a challenge that someone gave me. Um, I had a, uh, a coach at one point in time, which was, a uh, he coaches CEOs around the country. And I was working with this coach and the coach said, what are some things that you need to grow in as a professional, as a leader? So we discussed a lot of different things. And, and some of the things that we discussed is I need to be ready uh, to Answer questions quickly in in sound bites because a lot of my life is in sound bites on media and so we talked about oh how can we practice that authentically and then the other thing he said was well as a leader you need to be ready to feed other people uh, leadership nuggets um, along the way so you continue to feed your leaders and and he's like well how do you do that and I said well I read and so he said well let's let's talk about how can we read a chapter a day in some kind of leadership literature. And then, um, and that will also feed my uh, leadership soul as well. And then he said, now, how do you take care of yourself? And I said, well, I love to run. It's good for my mental health. It's good for my uh, physical health. It's just something I love doing and being out in nature and running. And so he said, let's, let's come up with a plan that combines those things. And it doesn't take away from your family life. And so that's what started the concept and the plan. So it's get up early in the morning before anybody's up. uh, So it's not taking away from family time. It's running uh, because that is such a healthy habit in my life to just continue. It gives me the energy I need, good for my mental health, good for stability. I get to think. I listen to a chapter on Audible. So I, I subscribe to Audible, and I listen to a chapter or a oh, podcast. Awesome. And then I have a one-minute sound bite that I have to do in one take um, on Twitter. And I oh. put it on Twitter so that someday – Uh, my kids can look back and have just kind of these documented notes about leadership. Uh, So and and then the coach can hold me accountable publicly and see that I'm actually doing what I said I was going to do. So that's a quick snapshot. So it's a combination of a lot of things and very intentional.
2: I love that. And they are very informative in just one minute. I have to say, I've listened to quite a few of them. So if you're out there and you haven't listened to them, they are hashtag runners reflection out there on Twitter. So thanks.
0: We are so excited to find out more of your secrets of your success, Jonathan. So before we get into those details about you professionally and personally, we are really curious about where you started with education and how you were growing up in Indiana. And then what happened for you to become in education?
1: You know, that's a great question. I actually tried to run away from education because my parents were teachers
0: no I way. said, I
1: don't want to do what my parents are doing. But, um, uh, that was my early, uh, you know, when I'm early in a, a young adult and I thought I had the world figured out. And so I tried to kind of get away from that. So I started as an art major. I loved art, kind of went that route. And then over time I started to just trip over the truth. And the truth was teaching is what I love. I love learning. I love the learning process. Um, I actually, when I went through school and I, I shared this with our staff um, at one of our opening staff meetings a couple of years ago, that I had teachers that were just significant players in my life that spoke into my life along the way to keep me on track and really engage me in that learning process. And I fell in love with it. So as I tried to run away from education, <laughs> I started to learn that that's really where I needed to be. And so that's what really got me back into it. And so I started in a small school in in Indiana, when I was going through college, um, serving as kind of a remediation support role in one of mm. the schools. And I just watching kids who struggle with learning and being able to support them in that process of learning and seeing them, uh, succeed. It just got me jazzed about being a part of education. And so that's, that's what really threw me into it. And I had a lot of professors along the way that also encouraged me to go that route. So, um, And parents are just wonderful. Now I look back and say, my parents are brilliant and we're just very service oriented in our family and wanting to give back. And so this is a great profession. It's not a, it's not a job. It's not a career. It's really a calling. And so I love it.
0: That is so true. I I would bet that most people in education would say that something similar. So how did you go from being a teacher into wanting a higher leadership position or role Um, and that led you to eventually becoming a superintendent.
1: Well, again, I got into education, never thinking I was going to go into administration or leadership. It was not on my uh, radar. But again, uh, that whole concept of tripping over the truth when, when you're being authentic to what you really believe in, it starts to draw you into that, that space. And so I remember it was, it was actually Valentine's night, my first year of teaching I think it was my first year. And I had invited some senior teachers uh, that day to really help me um, write a grant. And it was my first attempt at a grant. And the reason we needed to write a grant is because at that point in time, believe it or not, we didn't have projectors in our classroom <laughs> and we didn't have, um, cool touchscreen like technology, but HP put out this like challenge to teachers. And if you wrote this grant, you could get all of that in your classroom for your kids along with, uh, uh, they used to call these things MP3 players, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can remember that <laughs> yeah. too. <laughs> yeah,
1: those little like fun things, and so you could get those for your kids to try. And so, I remember that evening sitting around, and we had worked late into the evening, and and I we 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 got it submitted. And then when we got that grant, I realized that that I looked back and I said, you know, I love pulling people together, like teams of people, and that's what really I think for the first time a light bulb went off that that's what leadership is about is pulling people Mm -hmm. together that have lots of different talents and seeing us succeed together. And so that's really what got me jazzed about it. And so then I went off and did my master's in leadership and, um, ended up as a, as a principal. I was the youngest person in the building and I was the principal. I had no idea what I was doing, but (laughs) I had a great staff that kind of formed my thinking around leadership and, um, and I really learned leadership was all about just supporting people and 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 loving people and, and getting people to do things that are remarkable together. And so that's why I just I love being a part of it.
0: That is great. Cause we are going to be doing some episodes, upcoming episodes on leadership. So that is a great segue as well.
2: Awesome. All right. So clearly you've been very successful, and that doesn't happen by luck. Um it takes you know, a lot of hard work, grit and boldness to pursue your vision. So going back to goal setting, tell us how goal setting has become a priority and a habit in your life.
1: I think there's probably just a tad bit of luck in there. If you read uh, Good to Great, uh, they talk a little bit about that luck piece in there. There's probably something in the mix of that. But um, what I've been lucky to be a part of is um, in each part of my journey, I've had phenomenal um, players around me. And, and all of those players, even my team today, they're just really good about helping me see my gaps and, and helping me to shore those up. And so I think like, it's all about the people that you're around in terms of what grows your leadership. And so you asked about the habits. One of the things I'll, I'll, I'll just put a plug in. So this is, uh, I have books all around me because it's really books are your friends and they help guide you along. Absolutely. But if you haven't read Atomic Habits and you're one of the listeners, especially as you're starting the school year and you want something to read even with your kids or read as an adult or read as a, a leader or a young leader thinking about leadership, Atomic Habits by James Clear is a great read. Um, and I've read parts of it to my own kids. But it, what it does is it, it's, it breaks down the importance of habits in that every um, habit that you build, and they, they talk about habit stacking, and those habits begin to um, form the person that you are, because each habit that you build is a vote in a direction of the person that you want to become. And so, I think like thinking through habits intentionally is super important. And I've read this like seven times; it's it's that good of a book. The other thing that I would say, a part of that is understanding your like as a leader, your true north. And so, I read a book. Um, there's a book called "Discovering Your True North: Authentic Leadership," and it, it really challenges you as a reader, as you go through it, to think about what is your true note? What are your values? What are your non-negotiables? And then how can you be authentic to that in the good, bad, and ugly of life? And so I think that's another piece I would um, say has contributed to helping me understand leadership and respect the role of leadership and keeping yourself humble in that. Um, I always say that leadership should be this idea of being humble, hungry, and um, having smart people around you. And Mm -hmm. so if I can keep that formula going, um, I feel really good about being in the role and serving in that capacity.
2: Yeah. So you talk about habits and forming habits. So how do you, like in our, in our gifted classroom, we always, we kind of use the 16 habits of mind and our students select a habit and they, you know, really spend time working on that habit and making that habit, you know, something that just happens in their daily life. Yeah. So how do you, we encourage our children to journal or to communicate with their parents and their teachers and just constantly be aware of it. But how do you keep track to make those things habits?
1: Yeah, that's good. good question. So um, recording it is super important. So journaling is part of um, something that I do, something that my wife and I do with our family. We have a, a book that we actually write down things to Part of it's to um, forecast where we want to go, but part of it's also to document where we've been. And so to celebrate um, some of the goals that we've been able to see uh, come to fruition over time, and we've actually accomplished those. Um, A very formal way that we uh, work on this as an executive team at our level now is there's a book called Measure What Matters. and Measure What Matters is a book that Google, Bono, the Gates Foundation, Mm -hmm. a lot of different people have used along the way. But it, it sets up a structure to take your habits and the things that you want to accomplish, and you put them into these things called OKRs, objectives and key results. And they're very agile. So we write those down as an executive team. I write those down uh, on my own. And then that just sets the, the trajectory of if we're going to say these are important to us, uh, we need to measure those things. And so it helps me to measure. So that's that's one like overarching system mm-hmm. uh, in a systematic way that we then... We've taken from my personal leadership and we've applied it now to the district. So you can see that mm-hmm. that's kind of a company-wide adoption. I also do something called um, very practical and very personal. It's, um, this is another challenge from the coach that I worked with, but it's called the personal excellence challenge, where you take 10 things that you really want to see yourself grow in, that you, you think are either gaps or things that you want to build momentum in, And you put those into a survey and then every day it has to be a yes or no question, but every day for 30 days. And you do this once or twice a year. You can do it quarterly if you want. But you ask yourself a yes or no question every day and you answer that question in the survey. You don't look at the survey results until the end of the month. Hmm. And so it's things like, did I run every day? Um, Did I tell my kids I love them every day? You know, it's whatever your habits that you're trying to build. In that goal setting, and then you look at your data at the end of the um, month at that 30-day challenge, and you say to yourself, am I really doing the things that I say are important to me? And if not, then I need to look at my calendar, either restructure that or the priorities of my time and how I'm spending that time. So so that, so that I gave you two examples. One's maybe an overarching, the OKR, and then the other's very personal, that personal excellence uh, challenge, that 30-day challenge.
2: I love that one because you can use that with parents. Parents can use that. Kids can use that. It's very user-friendly to be able to keep track of that for 30 days.
1: Make so it a habit. If you have an I- iPhone, you just, you just get a Google form and just put it right on there, right on your screen. So you just click it every day, hit yes, yes, no, no, and then and put it away for the day. So it's very practical.
0: So I'm dying to know what happens if you wake up one morning and you don't feel like getting up early or you don't feel like running or something comes that's out of your control and you're like, oh my gosh, this is not going the way I it had expected. What do you do?
1: Yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, y- you don't wake up every day just saying, oh my goodness, I love getting out of bed because, you know, the the older that we get, believe it or not, you stand up and all of a sudden it just doesn't feel good to walk across. <laughs> the You feel <laughs> stiff or whatever, or it's raining outside or you know, I run outside, so sometimes it's like below zero and, and it's windy and you're like, ah, that does not sound good. So what I, what I have told myself in my head is that whether you like it, love it, hate it, you do it. You fall in love with the mundane habits of life that are important, the, the ones that you know are important, and you continue to tell yourself the truth about it. And the truth is when I, for example, running in the morning, when I do that, when I complete that habit, even if it's even if let's say it's pouring sideways, maybe I shorten the run. So it just, but I go out and I do whatever it is. And I check that off the list. It actually makes me a better teammate and a better per, uh, better person for my team to serve better. So I, I start making it not just about myself. And I think that helps me to get past that, that initial, like sometimes there's that, just that challenge in them. And it is hard because you wake up and you don't feel like it. But if I can check it off a list, at the end of the day, I just tell myself the truth in that moment that it's actually going to feel better and it's going to serve others better. So
0: it's not awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it feels good after it's over. Oh yeah. And you know, you can check it off the list.
1: And if I don't get it off the list in the morning, then it turns into something I do in the evening. So yeah, it's just something I have to, it's, it's that streak. That streak is really important to keep.
0: Yes. So you put your feelings aside and you just do it anyways, put one step in front of the other.
1: Yep. And then, you know, if you don't, if you don't accomplish it, you give yourself the grace to, to and you kind of have that worked out in your mind. Like, okay, well, I didn't accomplish it, but I'm going to have a streak, but I'm not going to have a streak of not doing something. So yeah. let's say you take a day off. Don't take two. Just good. take one. Put yourself a break and then get right back to it.
0: That's a good rule of thumb. We use that in the gym.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: That's awesome. So We have been getting, Jessica and I have been getting into podcast listening um, of other people. We're really upping our ante about our reading. And we've been reading Jody Carrington's author, or she is the author, excuse me, of Kids These Days. And it's an incredible book. I know a lot of people are reading it right now. But she mentions how joy leads to discipline. And we know that, Jonathan, you are a great example of discipline. You've just mapped it out you've just shared some of your secrets of your success um but with that discipline comes great joy And which one comes first or second as a result of the other it kind of goes hand in hand like the chicken and the egg um we just want to know about what what more is behind your discipline what is the motivation and what um what are the tricks and the people and all of those things that you have in place kind of like structures what structures do you have in place um can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, I really like that joy leads to discipline and discipline is such a healthy thing to have in our lives. And so, and I do believe, I, I don't know which one um, comes first because, but I do, I would say this, that when I am true to those um, those goals or true to those habits, I find great joy in when I look back at a day and I I could see that people have accomplished things that they set out to do and I was a part of that with them. Um, When I've helped somebody to um, overcome a challenge or I've problem solved a really tough situation and I know the reason I was able to problem solve is because um, of the habits and the structures that are in place to set myself up to be prepared and present in those moments Because, you know, a lot of our life today is so uh, pulled in so many directions. There's so much noise out there. So to be present is a gift to others. And so the more that those structures or goals or habits that you have that are healthy, if they're helping you to be more present for people, um, that's where I do find a lot of joy. Because if I can give that moment, and it can be a quick moment, but if I can give that moment with true, um, authentic presence – uh, I feel like that's the piece that that brings kind of that joy full circle back around to say, this really isn't about me. It's really about seeing other people, and as other people do well, we all do well as a community. So that's where I find my joy. And uh, not sure if I answered your question, but that's yeah, no. That's I love the concept, and that drives me back to that discipline of, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth doing.
0: It. Yeah. Now, do you take time as a family daily, or just every once in a while to kind of reflect? You talked to earlier about the journaling and. Um, do you do that literally every day or just a couple days a week or every so often?
1: I wish I could say we did it every day as a family, but that would that would definitely not be true because our, our world is going a million directions. So we're, we're a, a once a week, um, touch base for sure. So we have one habit that we built a while ago where I get up on Sunday mornings, we, we go to church on Sunday mornings, but before that I get up and I make breakfast for everyone and I make muffins and I make the same muffin. <laughs> The blueberry muffins, I <laughs> to do all kinds of fancy muffins every Sunday, but then it just took me like forever. So I'm like, you know what? I just want, we just like to have blueberry muffins. So I've memorized a certain one that everyone likes. So I make muffins, eggs, everything in the morning on Sunday morning. And we sit around our round table. We have a round table and we just, we talk through like, okay, so what were some things this week that were big for us? What are things coming up? It helps us orient. And then my wife and I, um, we set aside kind of a habit of, a date night or a, a moment that we can just focus in with each other um, to, a, to on Sunday evenings just to talk about the schedule of the week and what we heard our kids talk about. So those are just little checkpoints that we've set um, once a week for our family.
0: That's great. And it's so doable. So that's great for other people looking for habits or structures to set up in their own lives and their families. So that's good. Thanks.
1: Every day is a little, I wish. And <laughs> one, one, one thing I try to do, but I, I fail at this all the time is... I try to take a, cause we have four kids and try to take a walk, um, with each kid a week. And it's just a small walk because one mm-hmm. thing as a parent that I've learned, and this came from wisdom of other parents is when you do things side by side with your kids, like literally side by side, like yeah. walking with them, um, it's different than sitting across the table and having a hard conversation. So you can have really good, rich conversations, just walking together or side by side because you're doing it together. There's that physical component of it's not dad confronting son or daughter. It's we're walking together through life. And so I, I just love that picture. And that's been helpful for us too. Do you do those walks individually?
2: So each kid gets their own walk. Oh, I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah.
1: Mon- Monday for miles, Tuesday for Tessa, Wednesday oh. for quiet. Some, yeah, you, you get perfect.
2: It. That, that, that Did you purposely <laughs> name your kids like that? <laughs>
1: that, that, was the, that was the main goal. Right,
2: right. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. So as we are transitioning back to school here and school is underway, what structures do you have at home for those transitions, like as a dad or as a family? So, you know, it's tough for kids to go from summer to, into school. So what kind of things do you do in your house to help with those transitions?
1: Yeah, it, it, this is so, um, we, I'll tell you what we try to do. I can't say that we're perfect to these, but things that have been helpful to us is, as we get ready to go back to the school year, and I'm sure lots of families do this, we start to look at the rhythm of life in our home. So instead of staying up late, like we do during the summer with everyone and, and having, you know, because the days are longer and it's fun, We start to, even before school starts, we start to adjust our rhythm of life and say, okay, what's a healthy time for, you know, and every year it changes, but what's a healthy time in our rhythm life to get in bed? What's a healthy time to start slowing down our house? Whether it's lights get turned down a little bit in different places, or maybe we have some um, uh, more chill music uh, to kind of set the the tone in the Hmm. evening, just, just to even just start winding our house down so it's not going because, you know, it's just crazy. Uh, it's a busy life that we all live and we're all running directions with different sports and everything. So so those little things have really helped us in trying to prepare, like I said, the the weekly habit to set out what's what's on the agenda this week. We all know that. We have a shared calendar in the house because um, now we have kids working, we have kids mm-hmm. playing sports. So, soon
0: we'll soon to be driving. A... Soon <laughs> to be driving,
1: yes. Uh, so that's coming up in our world. So those are all the kind of things that we try to to set in in motion and um, and it doesn't go perfectly. But what what one thing that we also notice is that when it feels a little crazy, anyone has the right in our family to say hit pause, press pause. We need to do a little refocus, and we just say family meeting. Everybody out here. We just need to address a couple little quick items, tighten things up a little bit, and refocus because we need to be a team uh, to be successful.
0: All right. So just a couple more questions. We are curious about your leadership your leadership style we just kind of want to know what you think might be inspiring others you know what what are people getting lit up about in regards to your leadership
1: I, I don't know if they're loving it or inspired but I can tell you the feedback that I, I receive and this is something that I do really want to continue to grow in as a leader because I, I there's such a like leadership there's such a long, just a journey ahead that, you know, you can, you can grow so much and learn so much and there's, it's never ending. And so the things that I would say would be just, um, authenticity, just being real with people, Mm -hmm. uh, being transparent. There's nothing like, and and just that having, um, hopefully just a really authentic healthy dose of humility. Like you don't have to know everything as a leader. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's kind of the key ingredient. You don't know everything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You can't
1: do everything. You don't know everything. You need a team of people. Um, when you're others-focused and you're really thinking about others as you're sitting in the seat of leadership, whatever that is, and anyone. I mean, really, in, in taking adopting the mindset that that growth mindset and also the mindset that you can lead from any seat, you can lead from anywhere. Um, you do not need to have a title superintendent. You you can lead as a third grade student in our school district. You can lead as a teacher in our school. You can lead as a parent. So. Just that whole mindset of of thinking of others and and what can I do to use the talents and gifts that I've been given to serve others and to improve our community.
0: I'm so glad you said that because that's something that we do say to our third grade students on a daily basis. Um, In our gifted intervention program, we definitely stress the leadership piece. Um, And that is literally something that we are trying to communicate. And the big word that we use is initiate. And then we also talk to them about the importance of listening to feedback. So that's why when Jessica mentioned earlier how we have our students write to their parents or even make videos to their parents, they are literally asking and initiating for their parents to give them suggestions and tips and advice and feedback so that they're already starting to form those habits that receiving that feedback is important. So I love that that's kind of the the approach that you took to this this question. So that's great.
1: And I encourage your, you know, the young listeners, which I'm sure you have a lot that will listen to this or even parents encouraging their kids to take leadership is leadership is really personal. It does not look the same. There's not there's one size fits not uh, in, mm-hmm. in life. So really personalizing that and figuring out who you are. So that takes a little bit of an or a lot of an internal journey and
0: mm-hmm. in
1: saying, reflecting internally on who am I as a learner? Who am I as a leader? What gifts do I bring to the table and how can I be authentic to that true North? If I can be authentic to the things that I believe in, um, then you're going to be passionate about the right things. You're going to speak up when you need to speak up and you're going to be quiet when you need to be quiet and just listen. And so I think that's, uh, and it's not a perfect formula, but I think those are the things that help, um, they help me. And I think I see that helping other leaders when they're truly authentic to their true North in that leadership journey.
0: Those are very much wise words. All right. Last question. So What
2: about or what advice could you give to those that are resistant to change or resistant to, you know, reaching out and trying to overcome obstacles that may be in their path?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing I'd say is you're not alone. Uh, (laughs) I think all of us as humans um, have moments where we want to resist some change. I mean, if we're honest, like think about everything that we do. Um, I know there's a simple formula that we talk about in our district a lot. And that's that E plus R equals O. And we've all talked about events happen in life. Responses are the one thing we control. The better responses we have, the better outcomes we create for others. But when it really comes down to like what I have learned in my leadership is that oftentimes when I see someone resistant to change on the surface, if I just take the time to listen to them, to show empathy and to understand really what is it that is showing up as what I would call resistance to change. That might just be like the surface symptom. Mm -hmm. When you get deeper than that and you understand the why behind it, a lot of times it's, it's fear of failure. They want to do, they want to do well. It's not, it's not the change necessarily that they're pushing back on. It's the risk of failing in the change and they want to do so well and they have a passion around that. So I think And I I especially I would, you know, if if you're sitting there and like I struggle with perfectionism, I I think a lot of people have in different times. And so sometimes that has in my past, when I look back, things that I haven't tried or risks that I haven't taken are because I didn't want to fail those moments. But what I've also learned along the way is um, that's exactly where you need to be and to step in and lean into those. If you have the support structures with your friends, your colleagues, your family, Step into those spaces. Calculated risks are so healthy. They help you to stretch. Um, and when you fail, you learn. And, and, and you fail forward. And so I think uh, that's what I would say to people that are, that are finding themselves in that resistance. Or if you're leading and you're finding others resisting, don't just think you have it figured out right away. Their resistance may have a really deep-rooted reason and rationale that you have the opportunity to unlock and to walk with them. Through that moment. So um, look at it as a gift when you see it and say, I'm going to take that as an opportunity and learn more about that person and learn more about what we could do together.
2: Communication and connection, that's for sure. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for joining us today and talking about all of your advice for goal setting and leadership. Um, We are so grateful for your time and your insight today.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. I love that you're doing this. And to all of your listeners, Thanks for listening. It's been great being with you today.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so incredible.
2: Wow, that was some amazing tips and strategies Jonathan gave us today.
0: So, parents, listeners, teachers, kids, if you are listening to this episode, we are going to charge you with the same kind of new back to school resolutions that you heard Jonathan in this episode. Take some of his advice, maybe take Jessica's advice, start small, maybe just choose one thing that you want to implement at the beginning of this new school year. Now that it's here, we're in it, we've gotten our feet wet with the first couple of weeks of school under our belt, and now just try doing something that you really want to accomplish, um, either short-term or long-term, by a certain amount of date, by a certain time. Maybe it's read more. Maybe it is to increase your activity and exercise and fitness goal. Maybe it is something to do with your grades. Make a new friend. Yeah, maybe it's making friends or um, even working on your presentation skills or your social norm skills. So whatever it is. It can be in your classroom, in your family, or personal. Try to set a goal for yourself. Write it down check in with the people around you and simple as a yes or no question, maybe do a survey just like that's what I might start doing. Maybe make it a survey just like Jonathan Cooper said, get it done.
1: What we do is we come up with a bunch of different things, good it's stuff like mine,
0: add to keep yourself and understand. Um,
3: Welcome
0: to end, stand, the
2: segment Student Voices, where we are passing them the mic the to share about their gifted adventures.
0: In this student voice segment, I'm talking with Anderson, a freshman at an all-girls school in Cincinnati, and I've known Andy since she was a spunky little four-year-old and a flyer on her competitive cheer team. Welcome, Andy.
3: Thanks for being here with us today. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. I'm Anderson Ricaldi, and I'm 14 years old. Um, I play sports, and I like to be outside with my brothers. Okay, Andy, tell us now that you are a
0: freshman and you're older and you're able to reflect back over the years, what would you give other students or other kids as far as advice? What do you have three tips or so that you could give to people who are looking to improve their
3: leadership skills? Okay, so I'd say the first one would be open minded and curious. A second one would be confidence. Confidence is a good way to have have a strong mindset on what is happening, and being okay, being the only one standing out and being the first person out there to say something is okay. Um, I think that being kind, encouraging, inclusive— Um, having good social norms and communication is also a very good way to have people following you because it makes them want to be there, want to follow you. Can you tell us a little bit more about good social norms? Yeah. So I think social norms is just being out in public and having the eyes on you in a good way with your good manners and not being like, down in the dumps, or like I don't know, not approachable. So, like your facial affect. Yeah. What
0: about even saying hello and
3: greeting people? Yes. Like you said, taking starting conversations, starting and being the first person to do stuff in situations.
0: And something else I've noticed about you, Andy, is that you're really good about keeping the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Like you ask good questions, and you're really interested, in, you know, knowing more about the person. So you have. I would say a more maturity in that area than maybe a typical 14 year old.
3: Yeah, it's very, it's a good way to get to know people and be comfortable with having more friends and people follow you when you're being a leader.
0: So now that you feel like you know those qualities, I'm sure you're starting to recognize the strong leaders that you've been surrounded by during your life. So, for example, like your parents, grandparents, tell us a little bit about those leaders in your life and just how you admire them and what you admire about them.
3: I think, yeah, I think the bi- biggest leaders I know are my parents. Like, I know everyone says it, but like, actually, they are. The leaders in their company, and they take initiative to be the first to do everything, if it's in their work, if it's with the kids, if it's to get us in sports, if it's to include our friends in what we're doing. My dad especially has a lot of patience and empathy, which helps people follow him and be comfortable around him. My mom is also a very loud happy funny person which helps people want to be friends with her and that's a good way to have people follow you and be a leader so yeah that's awesome
0: well andy thank you so much for Mm -hmm. being with us today you are definitely a leader and i am so excited to see what happens in your future
3: yes thanks for having me
0: Everybody, for listening to another Adventures and Being Gifted episode. Please make sure that you subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode.
2: Join us again next time for more Adventures and Being Gifted.